0: Hello and welcome to Who Watches Who, a Doctor Who podcast. With me, Matthew, and as always, I am
1: joined with. Hello, it's Scott, and it's it's a, it's a week until brand new Doctor Who. In, actually, tonight will be brand new Doctor Who. That's insane.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because tonight is the um, <laughs> fucking what you call it, children in need yes, thing, isn't it? Tonight. So you know, I'll be I'll be watching that tonight. I'll be watching that tonight, as soon as we stop recording, (laughs) because we record these live, (laughs) definitely. Um, But I will, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that, I'm sure it'll be fun, it's like, what, ten minutes or something like that? I don't remember how long it was going to be. Seven minutes, probably. Seven minutes, yeah, yeah, that sounds about... Sounds about right, but they said it's not a comedy skit and it's got yeah. Daleks well, in it from yeah. the looks of things, so interesting. We'll get into it. Interesting, yeah. Uh, because, of course, we will get into it because we are doing a uh, b- look at the news. And you, <gasps> you loyal listener, I'm sure, are, are thinking to yourself, what, what is happening? How could this be? How could they be talking about the news? It's not the end of the month. What's going on? Has the world gone crazy? And you would be right the world has gone crazy because new doctor who starts next week and we were like fuck it there's nothing else to do we'll just cover the news and oh boy has there been a crap ton of news so it's just as well that we decided to do this cuz this is going to be the last news episode <laughs> for a while um so it's going to be you know exciting this is a big big final news document to look at everything as we ramp up to the 60th anniversary next week oh my god it's finally upon us our journey is almost at an end
1: it's, it still doesn't Time. feel Oh, real Christ. to be honest with you yeah. <laughs> like it still doesn't feel tangible
0: yeah I it doesn't it won't until the day off and even mm-hmm. then it like it will still be surreal it's always exciting when you doctor who is around the corner remember when we were like this far away from flux coming out and we were like where's the trailer yes. we've not seen any trailers <laughs> um <laughs> At least we don't have that problem this time. Uh, as let's take a look at our first news section here with the three dates. We finally know what is happening on the three dates that Russell T. Davis teased last month. The first of December, Tales off the... Do you mean December? Do you mean November?
1: No, this came the first of, Decem- of November. Okay, I'm, you wrote I'm December here. What, the, <laughs> what is
0: wrong with you? You wrote December in all of them. The no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> on the first of November, which happened earlier in this month, uh, Tales of the Tardis came to BBC iPlayer, and it's a fun show where it like reunites classic Doctors with their companions, and they reminisce over like an episode and then you just watch that episode and then they like tag it at the end and give it a like heartwarming conclusion um and russell t davis confirmed that the series is canon in sfx magazine uh there are bigger plans behind this that we can't talk about yet eventually tot will begin to make more sense as the series next year unfolds you will see. Uh, Pete McTie said, the mind robber was really the scene that I've wanted to write for 40 years. It's all about Jamie and Zoe getting their memories restored and they're back for good by the end of this tale, which means that they can pop up in a parent show or wherever again, because it always seems so unfair and cruel to me that happens. So we've undone that. Um, so I need to, I need to get back in and watch more tales of the TARDIS. I've only watched one episode so far. Um,
1: I've seen. And it was a good time. It I've, was wholesome. Mm, I've seen five of them. I've only seen the segments for four of them because I've watched those episodes quite recently. But I watched all of the Mind Robber. Loved the hell out of that. I just need to watch the sixth Doctor story now. And goddamn, they are emotional stuff. I was, I was in tears on November 1st. <laughs> What about the 1st of December, though? (laughs) Are you going to be in tears then? I
0: probably will Um, be,
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you can tell there's so much love and care about these characters, because it's been a long while since we've seen most of them, and I love the fact that, you know, my my favorite one was the 7th Doctor one, because I just love that relationship between the Doctor and Ace, and it's beautiful, it's beautiful stuff, man. (laughs) It's really nice, and it's, it's so nice to see so much care about these older companions, and if Arthur is it, canon, is really interesting stuff. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, the fact
0: that it's canon is is kind of wild. Um, I'm excited to see what that means next year as the series unfolds. Maybe we'll get some spinoffs or some classic Doctors showing up in something. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the mind of Russell T. Davis, the Avengers, but everyone's the doctor. Um, and on the 17th of November, which is today, that's today when you're listening to it. Oh my God, that's exciting. Uh, the TARDIS lands for BBC's Children in Need. Uh, This is from the Doctor Who website, and this is basically what we were talking about at the start of the episode. Doctor Who is set to blast this year's BBC Children in Need broadcast into outer space with an exclusive scene that is not to be missed. Ahead of the three specials for the 60th anniversary, the brand new exclusive scene will have viewers smiling from ear to ear. As David Tennant stars as the Fourteenth Doctor, who shares an encounter with a mysterious new character played by actor and comedian Moan Rizan or uh, Rizwan. Sorry, uh, it is then that the Doctor uncovers an age-old mystery involving one of his oldest foes. Uh, written by Doctor Who showrunner Russell T. Davis, this otherworldly special is made specifically for BBC Children in Need just before viewers hop back into the TARDIS for a brand new adventure for three specials set to coincide with the show's 60th anniversary. Uh, BBC Children in Need viewers will also get a glimpse at the creation of the scene as newly announced companion series Doctor Who Unleashed will also feature a special treat as part of the broadcast with an exclusive behind-the-scenes clip. That's pretty exciting. Um, it's interesting. I, I don't know how important it's really going to be to watch. That's mm. the thing. Like, like Russell T. Davis keeps saying, oh, this is canon. you like, you know, this is part of the Doctor Who, the universe. You know, this is canon here. This is canon here. And we'll have an impact and whatnot. But like he said that about the Doctor Who comic book in Doctor Who magazine, (laughs) you know he was like, this is canon and it will lead right up to the 60th so it will be like you could read it and then at the conclusion of the comic it bleeds straight into the 60th and you can keep going, and it's like that wasn't really the case, like the comic was kind of like meh, as far, like no one is talking about it, Um, and from the glimpses I've seen, (laughs) for good reason Um, so I don't know how important this special is really going to be, Uh, I'm sure it will be fun and it will. I think it's going to act more as like an advert for the 60th anniversary Anniversary coming than an actual like oh you need to watch this just to, to like get even more out of the episode it's more like hey doctor who's back next week please watch it please please um which is fair you need to bark it you know <laughs> i i just
1: i just wonder how this is going to tie in to the 60th anniversary specials because nothing from the 60th anniversary specials indicate anything to do with the daleks or time war yeah. or genesis oh my god daleks. what if
0: this what if, what if what if this is the conclusion to the comic? Because I know the Daleks were in the comic. Yeah. What if this is the conclusion to it? Maybe the, that's it. Maybe I that's mean, the it. very last <laughs> line
1: of the comics is of the 14th Doctor saying, I won't be going back to Scarrow in a rush. I mean, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> followed by this. Just back on Scarrow, <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Yeah, that's that,
0: that, that cohesive story that we're that talking <laughs> about. You know, it's, it's brilliant. Uh, uh, David but, yeah. Tennant
1: said... Uh, it's interesting. This, this comedian guy is dressed like... Um, the dude from Genesis of the Daleks is suggesting he's a Khaled mm. which is the first time we've yeah. seen the Khaled in a long long time so yeah, just yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on in here but it's interesting I'm excited to see what this is about and how it ties into stuff will it tie into stuff? Well, I guess we'll talk about it no, next week not. when we do the Star yeah. Beast we'll briefly talk about this yeah
0: yeah, we'll be like, hey, it didn't tie in at all. What's this about? <laughs> Zero out of ten. Uh, David Tennant said, Every year that I was on Doctor Who, we did something for BBC Children in Need. So it only feels right to be doing something this year. Children in Need is a national tradition. It's certainly a BBC tradition, and Doctor Who is part of that. I'm so glad we were a- we were able to give Children in Need viewers this little extra treat. Uh, Mawan Rizwan said, It was such an unbelievable joy to work with my universe idols david tennant and russell t davis my inner child was losing his mind on set uh russell t davis the showrunner said doctor who is a fine tradition of supporting bbc children in need and i hope that fans and new viewers alike will be able to watch enjoy and contribute to this wonderful cause um and yeah seven o'clock today uh that happens in children in need on bbc one mm-hmm. so i i look forward to watching that and being like oh that was okay at the end of it so that's exciting that's exciting it's our, it's also it's our first actual look at the 14th doctor in person as mm-hmm. like a character so weird what a weird way to introduce a new <laughs> doctor properly i in, mean in the children in need episode i like, mean it fits <laughs>
1: with tradition the first time we saw david Tennant properly was in the children in need sketch born again it was like a seven minute sketch immediately set after the regeneration and we didn't get much Ooh. of David Tennant in The Christmas Invasion either, so it was like our first proper glimpse yeah. for him for like a long time. <laughs> Cause he, and also, <laughs> even in New Earth, he wasn't even playing the Doctor that much. He kept him body-swapping with Cassandra, so he wasn't really playing the Doctor yeah, until true. Episode 2 yeah, of it Series takes, 2. Takes, takes a long, <laughs> it takes a long
0: time for him to kick in uh, as the Doctor properly, yeah, yeah. Um, and then on the 23rd of November, so this is two days before the 60th anniversary airs, is Daleks in Colour. The Daleks return, and this time in Colour. It's time to encounter the Daleks once again, but this time in a way you've never seen them before. As part of the 60th anniversary celebrations of iconic series Doctor Who, one of the show's most renowned tales is undergoing an out-of-this-world update as it receives an artistic colorization. Originally Transmitted in December 1963 until February 1964 the Daleks were introduced to audiences and soon became one of the doctor's most formidable and enduring foes. The seven original 25 minute episodes have received a cosmic makeover. This is written very silly. <laughs> Having been dazzlingly colorized and weaved together into a 75 minute blockbuster to appeal to today's modern audiences with brand new sound, a brand new score created by Mark Ayers. The dialects has been gloriously updated while ensuring the original classic story remains as thrilling as it was was when it began in 1963. I am very excited to watch this on mm. the uh, the 23rd. I think I like the 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 stills and images we've seen off the colorization are are like interesting because everything is so bold i wasn't expecting so many bright like blues (laughs) and just it's very bright looking and it's cool but like a new score with that that sounds ace i think this is going to be a really Mm. fun time
1: from my understanding Um, the new score will be just a recreation of the original score but you know because they're chopping around scenes and putting them in different order yeah 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 you would have to you know invent a new score essentially but fitting in the tradition of the original score so it's going to be interesting to see how close it is and how it fits yeah
0: no, that will be interesting <clears throat> Um, in Doctor Who magazine, Russell T. Davis said, Many years ago, I worked with a very astute producer who absolutely drilled into me that children would not want to watch black and white television. It's a barrier to entry. So I'm absolutely dedicated to the idea that the back catalogue should be colorized. That's my aim, and it's been, it's, it has been since day one in the job. The 2023 cut also features new dialogue from Russell T. Davis and recorded by." Beh- uh, by original Dalek voice actor David Graham, now a spryly 98. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I yes. hope, I hope the. I wonder what the new dialogue's going to be What do you think the new dialogue's oh, going to be? It'll probably what do be Dalek stuff say?
1: It'll probably be stuff like the human girl Went over there, you know. We tried to jump over this gap for like twenty-five minutes, and then we succeeded, <laughs> yeah. you know, because one of those episodes is just uh, Ian, Barbara, and a couple of our characters just jumping over a gap in a cave. Like, I that's am... a good episode. Yeah, that, I that episode. That's a good episode. Yeah. I am so glad this is going to be cut down because one hundred and seventy-five minutes of the Daleks is wow. <laughs> it's, in... it's so so hard to watch. <laughs>
0: It, it is it is classic 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 <laughs> uh pacing for that era of doctor who for sure um and i am looking forward to watching a much more modern take where you can cut out all the useless filler because that's i mean that's like the number one complaint whenever yes. we cover classic who isn't it it's nothing's happening oh my god for 20 minutes all they did is walk down a street brilliant uh-huh. Um, and being able to get rid of that, it's going to be a, a wonderful time yes. uh, I've, to I've watch just... it because it is a really good episode. But out, like outside, like if you get past all of the goddamn filler, yeah. there's a great story in there. Yes. So,
1: and that's the truth with a lot of Doctor Who stories. You know, would Web Planet be good if it was a sixty-minute? No. cut? <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't because
0: half of the Web Planet is go- people going. <laughs> 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 That's like that's like so much off the episode, um, and you, like so it's just bad. It's just bad, and Russell T Davis
1: is wrong for liking it. Um. And, and of course, um, we've seen a lot of people complain about this on the internet, saying it shouldn't be touched and it should be just kept to the original standards and who the fuck cares you know tr- colorization yeah. has always been controversial you know like ted turner in the 80s wanted to make his entire catalog of movies that he bought into color because the theory was but nobody would want to watch black and white movies which is fair enough in the 80s like you you just bought a new color to tv you want to watch color stuff you know <laughs> um yeah but you know as a, as a kid i didn't mind bl- black and white did you mind black and white Uh, uh, black and white doesn't really bother me at all. I don't
0: really remember ever watching anything black and white as a kid. Mm. Um... But like as a teenager and an adult, like I don't I don't really give a shit if it's black and white or in color. Sometimes black and white can add to an aesthetic yes. that more than take away from it. You know, which is kind of what you see with this, with the colorization where yes. everything like like it looks cheap in black and white. <laughs> you stick some color in that, and oh boy, it looks worse. Um, oh yeah, because <laughs> you know
1: well, you know black and white productions have to use bold colors on their sets to make you know because. Otherwise, everything would just be white, you know? Because <laughs> you, yeah, you, yeah. you need to have different contrasts and colors to make everything pop with all the different grays. Like the Monsters house and the TV show The Monsters, the whole house is pink because it shows better in black and white. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's one of those things. It's, 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 it's interesting to think about, but it's interesting that they're keeping so faithful to the actual colors of all the sets, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and, and but I think, I'm also, I'm not sorry. against, I'm not against colorization as yeah, far never as it does it. I, mean, I think it's a cool experiment, more you than know, anything, you know?
1: As long as we still get the original seven stories, I'm happy, because the original seven stories is more available than ever before, you know? It's on BBC iPlayer, it's the most available this shit could ever get, honestly and it's just great yeah. you know it's i'm happy with it because <laughs> you know famously when ted turner did all his colorizations in the 80s um people were so opposed to it because this was the only way he'd actually watch his movies now because you know like it's a wonderful life in color is terrible <laughs> you know <laughs> and like george lucas was one of the biggest critics and Famously, you know, George Lucas says um, something like, we, we need to preserve these movies. And, you know, George Lucas is really into preserving his original films. You know, it's, <laughs> we, we, we told, I love, you, <laughs> you never changed his mind. A a copy.
0: <laughs> I have a copy of um, THX 3011 or uh-huh. whatever the hell his student film was called. But this is the director's cut off that film. So for the most part, like, the, like, middle section, it's that original film he made that made him, like, oh, my God, George Lucas is a guy to look out for. But then at, like, the start and end and, like, some little bits in between, there's just, like, these, like, CGI cities where you're going through and watching, like, robots and stuff get built. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, I don't know why we needed this. I guess it's cool. Um, (laughs) but, But it's very jarring when you're watching a film from like the, I, I think it's like early 70s, late yeah. 60s. I don't remember when it came out. And like, it looks like it's a Blu-ray, so it's been upscaled, but it still looks and has that ex- aesthetic from like the 70s, you know? And it's like, oh, this is a movie from the 70s. And then it cuts to CGI from two thousand and, like and you're like, <laughs> whoa, this, they had amazing technology back there. It's crazy. This looks so good. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> no, I feel the same thing about watching the original Star Wars and you hope like you're watching the scene where... Obi-Wan is like, oh yeah, there's no droids here, keep on moving, whatever the line is. I mean, a fucking CGI dinosaur walks across the screen. <laughs> like, yeah. It's yeah. so distracting. And that's the only way you can watch the Star Wars movies now. Like, unless you have. No, it's want, not. Unless you uh, get I have, the 4K specialized I, editions I have or got,
0: DVDs. You can get. I got, when I was a kid, I got limited edition, special collector's edition, Star Wars episode. I got three, four, five, and six. I didn't get one and two, but I got three, four, five, and six, and they came... But not three, but four, five, and six came with the original theatrical cuts as along with the remasters. I have the originals on yeah. DVD, <laughs> I have the remasters on DVD, and I'll tell you this now, the remasters are better. The, ori- <laughs> like the, the originals have some stuff where it's like, okay, I, I don't know why you changed this, because this is good, but like Palpatine is the most disgusting oh, looking yeah. thing in the yeah, world in the original cut. You
1: know? <laughs> I, I think out of and the trilogy, looks... Empire Strikes Back has the best update it's because cloud city looks amazing in that movie oh you know, Clou- yeah Cloud. they edition. added
0: windows to it yes. there's no windows in the original <laughs> it's so dull and it looks amazing and the, like there is some really good changes in it um and i you know for me I, those are the versions i know as well because mm-hmm. i saw them as a kid so i have no, like i have no connection to that theatrical cut version i only know the special editions really so you know, you get used to it. I, you know, I guess it'll be weird for kids who have only watched the colorization of Daleks to yeah, go back and weird. watch the really, the really long, slow, boring black and white version that's got even more filler. Um. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but by the sounds of it, this is something that's going to happen a lot. You know, we're going to get colorizations from yeah. here on out, and apparently, we're already working on next year's colorization, so it's going to be fun. I hope it's a Web cool. Planet. Please be Web Planet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, let's move on to a new news story, I don't want to talk about the web planet, Jesus Christ. Um, Russell T. Davis SFX interview takeaways um, Um, The
1: latest SFX magazine was heavy on Doctor Who stuff, it was a brilliant read, and I just love hearing the mindset from Russell T. Davis, he's a really intelligent guy, and I just love reading everything he has to say about what he's doing to the show most of the things, Um, there's one thing in particular I'm not entirely but we'll get to that interesting okay uh the first quotes we've got here
0: Uh, i got asked to show run a british marvel show but they said we can't tell you what it is to this day i watch them and i can't work out which show that was going to be obviously planning to make a british marvel show that i haven't seen has that happened um and the only British show I can think of, Moon Knight or yeah. Moon Knight? Is there any other ones? There's yeah, Moon Knight, Moon Knight um, is the
1: only one that takes place in, like, London, I think it was. I'm pres- yeah. I presume a lot of them do shoot in Britain, but we're not really British, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> It's interesting. I, I, or maybe they just approached him to do something they then scrapped because we didn't want yeah, to. Yeah, it could through. be. It's interesting. Uh, Russell D. Davis doing a Marvel show would be really interesting. I presume he would not like doing it, though, because he had a lot of complaints against Loki doing their bi representation, okay. where Loki is like, "Oh yeah, I date some guys." Anyway, that's that's all the LGBT representation <laughs> yeah. in the Disney shows. Just casual references, yeah. you know. Well, you've got to be able to cut it out for the China
2: yeah, market. Yeah, so, oh, it's a terrible uh, disgrace,
1: but. <laughs> I'm glad, yeah. you know, I'm glad uh, he's not tied up into Marvel and now he's doing Doctor Who again because the future looks bold, especially with all these LGBTQ representations. I cause...
0: wonder I wonder if he will face some of the same constraints because it is, you know, produced by Disney at the same time, it's the same as Marvel. Mm. I, maybe if I guess they're just not trying to break into, like, the Chinese market with it or the, um, like, the Saudi market or anything like that. Maybe they're yeah, just they're I just like wonder. screw it. This is just for the West. I don't know. No idea. Um, RTD talks about how there's plans for him to stay for a fourth season. SFX asks if this makes him the new Jonathan Nathan, John Nathan Turner. Uh, RTD replies with, "I love JNT. I swear I would have made him part of the team. He had to be. He'd be head of international sales." That's part of bringing Mel back. It was a right, it was to right a wrong. I think, all right, she's perhaps wasn't done brilliantly at the time, but I think memory has been a bit sour with her. I want to put that right and have a a better Mel and a proper Mel, a Mel that JNT would be proud of. So he's very much mentioned in conversation a lot of the time. Uh, So this is, plans for him to stay for a fourth season? Is that talking about Shooty? Yes, Um, or, yeah, okay
1: maybe shooty i don't know if if he's planning to stay on for a fourth yeah, series, but like, but,
2: yeah but yeah, like yeah but like that is, era so yeah. like
0: three three seasons with shooty and then a fourth season as well or is the 60th counting as a season mm. how are they counting seasons here um that's but, you know it, it is it
1: is really cool but you know russell is planning on staying for a f- eighth series in total you know he's done eight years yeah. on the show sporadically but <laughs> you know compared to i don't John Nathan Turner, who did like 11 years. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I don't expect rtd to be
0: leaving anytime soon no with all the plans that he's got Mm -hmm. for doctor who and all of the the shows and like this what i was saying like i think he's going to be the kevin feige of doctor who yeah that's what he's trying to set himself to be is in charge of everything but not the solely responsible like he has Mm -hmm. final say and send off on stuff but other people can be in charge of other stuff and things like that but he's the 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 thing holding together all these strings Um, that's how i see
1: him i i can see him maybe leaving by the end of a decade maybe like by 2030 he'll leave doctor who entirely but he'll he would still be like the president of the who universe whatever you're going to call that title yeah um, and he'll
0: put moffat in charge
1: <laughs> but like you know the part where mel is interesting i do love the fact that russell d davis wants to bring back these classic characters instead of ignoring them and try and write them for a modern audience even though in the classic series they were <laughs> um they were underwritten let's say you know because mel mel all i can remember of mel is she screamed a lot and um that's how she i did remember she did more than female
0: companions <laughs> yeah that's that's most of the female companions and classic who is ah, ah! <laughs> um it's brilliant it's really cool uh I am not going to unwrite my good friend, Chris Chibnall's work on the timeless children. I'm not going to deny what he wrote. I'm going with it. It's absolutely fine. It's Canon. (laughs) It happened. It was transmitted. You cannot unwrite things that you would be absolutely rude. uh, That would be absolutely rude to a great colleague and lovely friend. Um, I really like this diplomatic approach to the timeless children storyline. Because it starts off where it's like, does he like it? And then he says, it's absolutely fine. It's canon. It happens. And you're like, oh, he hates it. He hates that story. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 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 I'm sure he does. I, I... I agree with him. It's a bad story. But like going back on it and saying it's not canon anymore and retconning it is what it's such a douchebag move. And Mm. also it's the least creative move you can do. Mm. It's way more of a fun, creative challenge to take the timeless child and turn it into something interesting for audiences than it is to just scrap it. You know, it's this whole this whole idea of oh, I wish Jodie's era could just be a dream. That's the least creative option you could possibly have uh, in such a creative show. That's the best you could come up with. Oh, just make it a dream. No, come on, like let do something with it. Let's see where it goes. Um, and I'm I'm all
1: for it. Everything's canon, baby. Woo. <laughs> and and you know he went to a point of saying like the Eighth Doctor TV movie had a lot of controversial things, like the biggest one being the Doctor is half-human on his mother's side. That's the only thing that Russell Davis intentionally ignores from the previous show's canon. Everything else (laughs) he kind of of incorporates in his own way. But, yeah, that's that's the only thing he can ignore, which is fair. (laughs) (laughs) Because that would be weird. That's that's a really weird thing for a TV movie to do. It is,
0: it's so out of nowhere. But it's also so easy to ignore because it's like one line right at the end of the movie. Um, It's very easy to ignore. I wonder if um, they, in the, you know, spoilers for later in the episode probably, the heavily rumored spinoff show with... Um, Paul McGann, if they will correct that and be like, "Oh, actually, I'm not half human," or if they will just ignore it completely and be like, "This is the canon now. You don't need to watch the movie," okay? Woo! Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, you could easily write
1: that uh, off as a post regeneration madness, you know, because he's he's still mad for that movie. He's he was only a naive doctor for like an hour or a night. So yeah, it's like movie. it's like a night time. Yeah, it's <laughs>
0: one night. It's very not. It's not long at all. Um, and it's so—it's such a good... It's such a weird movie. It's so Yeah, good. we really um, enjoyed
1: that movie. If you want to go back and I love it. listen to our review of it, you
0: really sold me on that movie. From, from like so many years ago now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I really God appreciate
1: Dance. Russell D. Davis for saying, yeah, it's canon. It's fine. We'll just keep moving yeah. on. Because that's Doctor Who. You kind of ignore some stuff. And he, he isn't really ignoring it. It will be brought up in future episodes, but... It won't be brought up in future episodes you know what i mean (laughs) it's one of those yeah
0: it's it's you know you can go back and you can watch an episode of classic who and it's the most bonkers insane episode you've ever seen in your life and you're like i guess this is canon (laughs) it has no impact on the rest of the show you know but it's like okay i guess this is what's happening now and you know they've gone back and they've fixed things and look it's the same idea as um the morbius doctors and things like that isn't it you know like yeah. in that episode came out it's like oh okay i guess this is canon i i will just kind of ignore it <laughs> and in the timeless children or in that copality episode as well they mentioned it and they keep bringing it back briefly we're like oh this is a thing by the way and you're just left to be like i don't i don't understand it though and they're like ah don't worry <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah doctor who canon is fucked anyway. there's no sense yeah. to the canon. <laughs>
0: do what you like who cares (laughs) um (laughs) i think people are beginning to ask why is there no big why is there no big disney push behind this that's coming in redacted oh we're not supposed to say redacted are we next year season one yes we're calling it season one Mm. what fun that is to be (laughs) controversial um so basically the disney marketing is going to kick off when shooties era kicks yep. off and, and they're calling it season one because it's going to be hey check out this new disney plus original mm-hmm. doctor who <laughs> and
1: you know when he says redacted uh, redacted i think he's saying spring but the bbc don't like to reveal their schedule ahead mm. of time i don't know what's going on with that it's, it's interesting stuff but season one of doctor who <laughs> it's gonna be three season ones um this is a thing I'm not too yeah. sure on. This is like one thing I disagree okay. with, but at the okay. end of the day, who the fuck cares? I don't care too much. It's just really weird to, you know, recommend to a friend, oh, if you want to watch Doctor Who, watch season one, episode six, uh, which season one, episode six, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was three season um, one. But so. well, that's like, if I recommend Doctor
0: Who to a friend, I just say start you know start i usually say start with modern who and go to season one Mm -hmm. with eccleson and i depend i i think i would probably still say that yeah um depending on what shooty's era is like but even still like i think Eccles, there's good stuff and you'd be missing out if you didn't start at that season one rather than the disney season one on the other hand i totally understand why yeah. they're calling it season one because it's on a new streaming service it's for a new audience they're mm-hmm. trying to get kids back into watching it a kid is way more likely to watch this cool brand new show with this sexy cool looking doctor at season yeah. one than they are at season 14 yeah yeah, um, yeah. you it's, know <laughs> it's the homework
1: problem but you know marvel yeah. and uh, star wars are facing at the moment Oh, you want to go see the Marvels? Well, first of all, you have to watch Captain Marvel. It's the 33rd (laughs) Marvel movie. (laughs) First of all, you have to watch Captain Marvel and you have to watch WandaVision. But to understand WandaVision, you need to go back to Avengers Age of Ultron. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Uh, It's it's tough work. But I'm seeing the Marvels tomorrow, so hopefully that's good. Um, (laughs) I've heard bad things i've heard <laughs> mediocre things and i'm also seeing that new michael yeah. cage movie
0: so hopefully it's a good double Ooh, that looks great that looks yeah. that looks great both that, on nick cage
1: movie looks both great. roughly about 90 minutes long so Ooh, that's a good nice. that's a decent double feature like the captain marvel showing yeah. is like two hours after the nicholas cage movie so i could easily do both Ooh. that's fun yeah that's, <laughs> um, that's a good time so yeah but yeah, I completely understand why Disney are calling it Series One because we don't have access to the previous seasons either. That's a big thing I was revealed. That's insane.
2: Because,
1: that's insane. Yeah, but you know, to try and get the license to previous seasons of Doctor Who uh, in like 150 countries, <laughs> that's insane. That's <laughs> a lot of work. So it's it's a big disappointment, yeah. but I can understand. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully,
0: to be happier, not to be American. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hopefully hopefully they <laughs> get it eventually you know but i imagine uh.
0: they'll get it when the streaming rights run out with mm-hmm. i think they're with hbo max at the minute or just max um yeah so whenever they run out with that then disney will probably be the one that puts in the highest bids they get it i don't know how streaming mm-hmm. rights work but i imagine it will go to disney eventually but yeah, yeah, um, we'll see.
1: But it's, it's yeah. it, it disappointed a lot of American fans and a lot of other fans, <laughs> you know, like Australian fans, and, uh, even Losers. Irish fans are disappointed because <laughs> Irish Losers. fans Losers. don't even get BBC Losers. iPlayer or anything. Just
0: get freaking just plug in a <sighs> VPN. it's very very minimal security (laughs) there is minimal security on bbc iplayer honestly just create an email address put in a random ass like (laughs) you live in london and then vpn to london whenever you're using iplayer um (laughs) yeah that's my number one Uh,
1: recommendation you just click on yes i have a tv license what are we gonna do um what are we gonna do they'll send a letter to your house (laughs) they will send a
0: letter to your house um For legal purposes, I use and pay a TV license uh, for my house. Please don't sign a letter. Um, We we pay the TV license, okay? Because I genuinely... I'm okay paying a TV license because I watch BBC stuff. Um, But... (laughs) Yeah, anyway, uh, there are plans for spin-offs, not the ones you read about online all the time, but it's taking us a while to get into the groove of production. There are big plans, and equally, they're not too big. I look at some of those other franchises, Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, and frankly, I think you're, spe- you're spreading yourself too much. We've got to see how successful this is. There's also a certain amount of caution. Uh, the number of episodes have gone down over the years, partly because it's so expensive. I don't think we could make more episodes a year, but equally I think spinoffs will allow more episodes per year, but it's early days. Um, and he says, you know, not the ones you read about online all the time, but uh Paul McGann spinoff. I, you know, I don't know. I read that one online all the time. Uh, it feels, yeah. feels pretty confirmed. There's yeah. been a lot of leaks. Like the, t-
1: <laughs> the, the two biggest things we read about all the time on the internet is unit spinoff and Paul spin yeah. spinoff. So... Maybe he's saying they aren't going to happen, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> They're definitely going to happen.
0: They're definitely going to happen.
1: 100% uh, but yeah. <laughs> it's definitely going to happen. I really like this approach because when I first initially heard that we were only going to do eight episodes a season, I'm like, I'm fine with this because I know there's probably going to be spinoffs eventually, to a point where it's probably going to be like 20 weeks of Doctor Who a year. You know, I'm fine with that. Happy days.
0: (laughs) 20 weeks of Doctor Who a year is a really cool time. I'm glad that they gave us these past, like, three years so that we could at least watch some old Who for the podcast because eventually we're just not going to have enough weeks in the year to cover (laughs) (laughs) all the Doctor Who we want to cover. There's too much now. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah,
1: like, next year's schedule is only, like... I think we're only doing like five stories next year. <laughs> I don't know. That's insane. It's, it's yeah, there's, <laughs> there's so much Doctor Who, and there's so little time to watch them all. And we're, we'll be here for like fifty years at least. You know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we'll be, we'll either be here or we'll be in France, where we are consistently in the top 200 podcasts on Apple Podcasts or Film and TV, France. Thank you very much. It's very cool. You're the best. Um, <laughs> the Star Beast, as we move on now to massive episode previews, Russell T. Davis emphasizes that these are three separate stories so do not expect an overarching arc even though there's probably gonna be an overarching arc with like the character of the 14th doctor and you know the things that he goes through because that's how stories work but these are self-contained adventures with an overarching character Mm -hmm. thing i would imagine
1: yeah because when this got revealed a lot of people on twitter was like oh so that means that the toy maker isn't involved in the 14th doctor having his old face back but that doesn't mean it, you know, still, it no, was he could th- still be involved and they yeah, just solve like- <laughs> that problem in that episode. You know, <laughs> and it would be like the Harold Saxon thing where he kept on getting teased at the end of like every episode. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's a big storyline, you know, it will still have a storyline. Yeah. Each episode will still be separate, you know? So yeah, it so makes, it yeah,
0: you it. know, it's episodic TV. That's what it means. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the star beast description, a spaceship crashes in North London. Not that Donna Noble noticed. She had other things on her mind. Besides, there's no such thing as aliens, right? But then one shows up in her garden shed, the Meep. Another, the Doctor, barges into her kitchen. By the time a squadron of Wrath Warriors show up on her doorstep, the Noble family must face facts. Donna's past is catching up with her and her mind is about to be blown quite literally Um, SFX magazine asked what made Russell T. Davis want to adapt the star beast I don't think I gave it much thought it just popped into my head the whole point of the story is that the doctor meets Donna Noble again so therefore it has to be on earth so therefore she's going to come across something alien and so therefore it's handy if she come across if she comes across one alien so she's not going to come across an invading army that's going to ruin the story so it very quickly starts. starts to narrow itself down. Uh, RTD describes it as a bank holiday family film, very Pixar based, even before Disney joined. He says, it looks like the third act of the Donna Noble story. You'd have sworn I was always dying to write this final sequence of events, which I wasn't, I wasn't until I came to do it. It's interesting describing it as a family film and mm-hmm. Pixar-based. That makes me not want to watch it, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <gasps> yeah, I can understand um, the whole bank holiday family film element, too, because... I guess
0: because it's got the cute, furry, yeah. like, you know, Paddington, which is Meep. Um... You know, if Paddington was a war criminal, which I guess is just Paddington. So, you know, that's um, that's what Meep is, yeah, it,
1: it, which is it, interesting. You know, it's E.T., but E.T. is kind of evil, I guess, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe the twist is uh, that Meep isn't evil. That'd be a bigger twist, I think, at this point.
0: I think I would like that less, though. Like, I'm looking forward to seeing Meep be evil. If Meep is just a good guy the whole time. I think that makes the story <laughs> less interesting. Because the the interesting thing with Meep is they're this cute furball, but actually they're this horrific war criminal. You know, it's that, that clashing duality. That's what makes them interesting. If they're just a cute guy, then who gives a shit? Um. um
1: but, yeah, the whole point Rosalind Davis makes about it being a, the need for a simple story makes a lot of sense. Because when we covered mm-hmm. Rose... That was a very simple story. You know, the whole auto invasion was so simple because you have to introduce the show to new viewers, you know, and introduce new characters, and bada bing, bada boom, you got it. You know, <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense for yeah. the story to be really simple, um, especially because The Wild Blue Yonder seems to be the biggest episode ever. <laughs>
0: yeah uh the wild blue yonder which is a one hundred percent multiverse one hundred <laughs> thousand percent that i'm i am i am very Everything I hear more about this episode makes me feel more confident in my prediction they're going to do some multiverse crap. Um, they might not, and I hope they don't, but thats I've got this gut feeling, you know, and I really hope I'm wrong. Uh, but Wild Blue Yonder, the TARDIS takes the Doctor and Donna on a journey to a faraway mysterious place and abandons them in the middle of hostile action. Doctor Who magazine lists three redacted cast members. Who,
1: the history of the... F- which, which three redacted cast members do you think it'll be? Do you have any theories? Because I have three in mind. One of them I'm not too sure about. Three, two of them I'm pretty confident about. I three think, redacted uh, cast members. Maybe Jodie. No, I'm, th- I'm thinking... Uh, I don't I don't think it'll be Jodie. I'm thinking... I could sh- be. They're I'm, dealing with Timeless Child and Flux. I'm thinking of Carl Ann Ford as uh, Susan. Okay. Shudigawa yeah. as the 15th Doctor and maybe okay. billy piper as rose tyler okay, <laughs> I, I, okay. Tr- I, I i I don't, don't I, I, I don't know I, if
0: we need rose <laughs> in that episode
1: As the one i'm not too sure about but you know russell d davis loves rose so maybe <laughs> yeah
0: but he's got a new rose there's a new rose now um I don't know. I would kind of half expect Jodie to be in this, honestly. I wouldn't mm. be that surprised if Jodie showed up. Why? Really wouldn't. Why? Because they're doing Flux and Timeless Child shit, you know? So why not just have her in to be like a conclusion of, oh, I actually get to well, send off my own storyline, <laughs> you know? Well, <laughs> Rosa De Niro
1: says the history of Flux and the Timeless Child is dealt with very slightly in this episode. Yeah, it could
0: be done in like, you know, a little, little brief cameo where she's like, oh, I get the Flux. <laughs> Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) She did the flux. Uh, To acknowledge the brilliant work Chris did and to save us absolutely part of our history too. So I think this will be the last time we hear the word flux in this show. (laughs) Uh Well, it'll be the last time you hear the word flux
0: as in the giant space thing that eats Uh. everything. Like the word flux itself is said all the time. You know, like, oh, the capacitor's in flux or the, the, you know, whatever. Um, Anyway, Uh, it (laughs) has a Yeah, in SFX, RTD describes it as weird. It's weird. That'll do. The most astonishing barricade you'll ever see. Um, I, you know, I don't know. Phil Collinson in SFX said, It's genuinely unlike any other episode of Doctor Who I have ever seen. It's just got an atmosphere and a horror all of its own. It feels honestly groundbreaking, not just in terms of Doctor Who, but in terms of production, in terms of the way we've made it. Virtually every shot is a VFX shot. It's a feat all of its own, and once it's transmitted, you'll be able to write reams and issues, and there are so many things we're going to be able to tell you about how we made it and how we did things. It's the most fascinating pieces of drama I've ever made. Episode 2, in a way, feels like what we've come back to do. We've come back to break ground. We've come back to make the show in a way it's not been done before. We've come back to make the sort of drama <laughs> that people will stop and talk about. Out at the water cooler or online, it's exciting and groundbreaking, and no one's worked like this the way we made an episode two. It's a roller coaster, and it will be amazing, and it's 10, 100 thousand ten hundred billion percent a multiverse shit where he's going through various multiverses and seeing other versions of the Doctor <laughs> or his own timeline or some shit like that. And they're like, "Oh my God, wowie, this is cool." That's what it's gonna be. Um, yeah. So the way <laughs>
1: Phil collinson describes it as, um, I'm thinking if it. This episode is like a 9 out of 10 in terms of like it's like a b-level episode and we're very good you know we're very good episode even then, I think I'm going to be disappointed because he is overselling it. You know, like this is going to be the most amazing thing yeah. you've ever seen in your goddamn life. Beth, we've <laughs> never done
0: anything like it in Doctor <laughs> Who. Not Doctor Who's never come close to this, which is insane because Doctor Who's done everything.
2: Um, <laughs> like...
1: So yeah, um, yeah, I was definitely overselling it, and sp- still without telling us anything. I think there's a point I cut out where he says, "I literally had nightmares about how we're going to do this." It's like, "Holy <laughs> shit, dude!" <laughs> He's just excited. He's just (laughs) excited.
0: He's excited that
1: Jodie Whittaker's back. And and I I must say, sorry, I must say the the previews for the next two episodes are very short because uh, Doctor Who Mm magazine only did the first two episodes because the next issue comes out two days before uh, the third special. Ah. So that's why the next two segments are so short.
0: Uh, the Giggle. In SFX magazine, Russell T. Davis confirms there is a flashback to the Toymaker played by Michael Goh. Uh, RTD describes it as epic, and it's the longest episode by five minutes. You get halfway through the special, and you can't believe it's only been 30 minutes. So much happens in it. That sounds great. That sounds great. <laughs> I love... F- when we watch something and we're like holy shit so much has happened how's it only been 5 seconds um, it makes talking about it really easy but no it sounds cool i'm looking for- i am looking forward to that episode i think the most um, out of the the 60th anniversary episodes mainly because i am a big fan off mr name i don't remember right now he's neil got patrick three harris. names and he neil pat there we go neil patrick yep. harris i'm a big fan you wouldn't believe it but i am a big fan of neil patrick <laughs> harris and uh he looks great in the role i the episode looks mental i'm looking forward to seeing what it's actually about mm-hmm. uh it's then it's, i think it's Blue, be yonder is probably my second place it's
1: gonna be interesting to see a flashback to classic Coup inside of the show because I, I presume other clip is going to be colorized as well so it's going to be interesting yeah. to see. It's going is to be the Toymaker a Time Lord? Is the Toymaker oh. a Time Lord, or is he just like an alien dude? So I've never seen the actual episode, but I think there's a point in that episode where um, he says, I am like you, Doctor. I we, we come from the same place or something. So I presume he's th- okay. a Time Lord?
0: It must be. Yeah, because I mean, like, if he is a Time Lord, that will explain why they're okay showing Michael Ghost stuff. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, he just regenerated mm-hmm. into um Neil Patrick Harris which would be cool to have another time lord villain that isn't the yes. master <laughs>
2: uh <laughs> you know oh, we are or that riddance. guy you know
0: <laughs> yeah um what was his face uh Raxalon Rassalon something yeah. like that in the uh the the David Tennant special yeah. Um, um but yeah, yeah. Y- you know an actual character rather than just a guy that stands there that'd be cool <laughs> um the festive special Whoa. it's very christmasy i wonder what day it'll be on uh, new year's
1: since i wrote that little thing we finally got a title that got accidentally got leaked by disney plus revealing oh their yes. slate for christmas um i think it's called the church of ruby road
0: the Church on Ruby Road, isn't it? The Church Ruby.
1: on Ruby Road. Uh, something yeah.
0: like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's the, but basically, the fact that it's called that really adds... Mm precedent to the story leaks about (laughs) goblins and i really don't want it to be about goblins and if it is about goblins i hope it's better written than the leak was because the leak made it sound like a huge pile of crap
1: (laughs) see i've forgotten mostly everything about the leak apart from like christmas tree and Davina mccall i don't Remember what uh, the goblins, goblins are doing, everywhere. But... There's,
0: there's they're just
1: everywhere. There's got so many goblins, <laughs> they're all over the place. <laughs> like... But yeah, um, four specials coming up. That's very exciting. Um, I, I do wonder what that is the very Christmassy Christmas special. What day that will air? Hmm, <laughs> I said New Year's. I already said New Year's. Were you not listening?
0: Um, in our next news story. We, I want to address something before we get there. And that is, um, to our dear listeners, one of you clearly works at the radio times. (laughs) So please let us know who you are because we just covered the adventure in space and time biopic. And lo and behold, here's a radio times interview with Mark Gattis where he reveals he has an idea for a sequel to an adventure in space and time, uh, who are you, person that working at Radio Times? Why are you knowing what we're doing before we do it? Are you a fan of the show? You must be. Um, I think it's very suspicious because this isn't the first time we've covered something, <laughs> and then there's a Radio Times article like that it's like the day before or the day after our episode comes out. Well, you know, th- you I'm know, just saying. I think,
1: I think we just <laughs> did The Doctor Falls, and like the next day, Radio Times is like. Oh, it's the Doctor Falls, with best Capaldi episode. And it's like, are you <laughs> yeah, fucking listening to like, us? What the hell's going on? Who are you, listener? Like, who are you at Radio <laughs> Times? We know you're there. Like, <laughs> like going back to the biopic we covered, in the biopic we covered, we said, how amazing the Daleks, you know, we, we did a recreation of the we where, like, it looks amazing in color and all that shit. And then immediately, BBC are like, oh, yeah, we're colorizing the <laughs>
2: Like
0: yeah it just you know we are someone is listening and someone is (laughs) making changes based on what we say on this podcast and i want to know who they are um anyway this article mark gattis has pitched an idea for a sequel to doctor who docudrama and adventure in space and time and we're fully on board says radio times and the too. writer, <laughs> who pe- yeah, the writer who penned Doctor Who episodes, including the Unquiet Dead, we've covered that, Cold War, we haven't covered that, Night Terrors, and Sleep No More, uh, was also the scribe for the special 50th anniversary program that detailed Doctor Who's beginnings. Chatting exclusively to RadioTimes.com, he reflected, The origins of everything, that's always the interesting thing. The other interesting thing is crisis. The documentary about the trial of a Time Lord is an absolutely fascinating piece of work because it's so full of what-ifs and conflict. He added, it's a strange thing to say, but the darkest hour for the show would definitely make a very interesting drama, wouldn't it? I mean, the personal conflicts, the professional conflicts, the resignations, that's the one, isn't it? And I suppose out of the darkness comes the light, because there's a rosy future to look forward to. There's something very moving about the Tales of the TARDIS rounding all that off. Um, which is interesting, the Trial of the Time Lord, is that the end of... um?"
1: What's his face? Yes, it's the Man end that of got fired. Colin Baker's final season. That's um, it. The story yes. behind that is, you know, they were preparing to do a season twenty-three. That was just a normal season, 14 45 minute episodes, broadcasted in, uh, exactly one year on from the previous season. But then, you know, Michael Grade, the controller of the BBC, is like, uh, I, I kind of want Doctor Who off the schedule. We're going to put you on hiatus for eighteen months. Um. Oh, yeah, we're also cutting your episodes in half. Instead of doing 14, 45-minute episodes, you're doing 14, 25-minute episodes. And, you know, John Nathan-Turner commissioned almost all of his scripts. All of his scripts had been written at this point for a season 23. And he had to go back to the drawing board to do Trial of the Time Lord. And, you know, there's so so much shit we could talk about when we do Trial of the Time Lord. That's where Doctor in Distress comes from, because they were scared the show was going to go off the air completely <laughs> a great song
0: <laughs> it's such a sad time as well because like colin baker ended up yeah. like having to take the hit mm-hmm. for the show and And he is so goddamn good as The Doctor. We've covered Colin Baker episodes um, that are atrocious. Like, really, like, we watch it. We're Mm -hmm. like, this is a terrible episode. But he shines in it. He was never the problem of his era at all. He was absolutely awesome as The Doctor. And, you know, at least he got, at least, you know, it's one of the good things about Big Finish, I suppose, is he gets to continue on. Um, But I will always remember Colin Baker as the guy that sat and watched me get my photo taken with (laughs) Polygon for no real reason. I think he was just bored. He was just sitting in that room looking at me. Like, why is Colin Baker here? This is surreal. Uh,
1: but... well, you know, there's, there's so much that could go into this biopic. It, it, it's, it's perfect for a biopic because you also have the breakdown yeah. of the personal relationship between Eric Sayward and John Nathan Turner, the script editor. Like, he quits at the end of this season. Uh, the final episode had to be written by John Nathan Turner because the writer of that episode died <laughs> during writing it. Um, I mean, I was like, Carl Baker got fired, and <laughs> there's so much shit. And, you know, John Nathan-Turner is a guy who wanted off of a show, but was told by the BBC that if you leave, we're not going to bother looking for a replacement. You're, you, you either stay, and this show goes on, <laughs> or we just cancel the show, and he Jesus just Christ. stayed on for 10 years, you know? <laughs> like, he wanted out That's on the 20th nuts. anniversary, yeah. and he stayed on for like six or seven more years. And for you know, throughout the wilderness era, he was like the biggest advocate for the show. You know, he did the Children in Need special at uh, Dimensions in Time, which is, we covered that at the beginning Bad. of the year. Brilliant stuff. We did. It feels like a lifetime <laughs> ago. Jesus. But yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. a fascinating biopic. I would love to watch Yeah.
0: Yeah. I hope it includes a cheesy CGI shot of Matt Smith at the end. Um, (laughs) As we go, and let's look at some rumors in one of our last little news segments. We've got a lost episode of Doctor Who has been found. This is from The Guardian. Lost Doctor Who episode found, but owner is reluctant to hand them to the BBC. Uh, For Doctor Who lovers, they are missing the crown jewel, lost episodes of the first series of the TV sci-fi drama shown in the 1960s. Uh, But now film recordings of not just one, but two of the early BBC adventures, both featuring the first Doctor, William Hartnell, has been found uh, in Britain by amateur sleuths. The episodes, one featuring the Daleks, would offer viewers a chance to travel back in time without the use of the TARDIS, but the Observer has learned that the owners of the rare rediscovered footage are not prepared to hand it over to the BBC, even as the clock ticks down to the 60th anniversary of the show's launch this month. Uh, veteran film collector John Franklin believes the answer is for the BBC to announce an immediate general amnesty on missing film footage. The world, th- uh, This would reassure British amateur collection- collectors that their private archives will not be confiscated if they come forward and that they will be safe from prosecution ha- from having stored stolen BBC property, something several fear. Some of these collectors are terrified, said Franklin, who knows the location of the two missing Doctor Who episodes, along with several other newly discovered TV treasures, including an episode of The Basil Brush Show, the second to be unearthed this autumn. Uh, We now need to catalogue and save the significant television shows that are out there. If we are not careful, they will eventually be dumped again in house clearances, because a lot of the owners of these important collections are now in their 80s and are very wary, he added. Um discarded tv film was secretly salvaged from bins and skips by staff and contractors who worked at the bbc between 1967 and 1978 when the corporation had a policy of throwing out old reels and hartnell's doctor who episodes were far from the only ones to go many popular shows were lost and other doctor who adventures starring patrick troughton and john pertwee were either jettisoned or erased and miss a missing early episode of the long-running sitcom sykes featuring a. Uh, starring Eric Sykes and the Haiti Jack Jacks. I don't know how to pronounce your name, uh, has also been rediscovered in private hands in the last few weeks. And the article continues on. It's on the guardian. If you want to read it, it's a really long read, uh, but it's quite interesting. And I think they like the, the key takeaway here is there is missing Dr. Who episodes, (laughs) but they are too scared to hand them over because they fear prosecution from the BBC. um... And, I, I think the idea of a general amnesty, it makes so much fucking sense. I don't understand why the BBC hasn't done it sooner. From, honestly. From like, what who, I who hear. Who gives a shit? Oh, your from... granddad stole something from a bin in 1967 from a thing that we didn't want to keep a hold of, and now we're desperate to get back. Nah, guess what? We're going to sue you. No, fucking just general
1: amnesty. Who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> No, from what I hear is... This is just what I read on Twitter. I know nothing about this topic, but from what I hear about... This topic from other people online is this is already in place at the BBC, and okay, like we 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 don't care. They'll ha- they'll halfway accept anything you have, and they won't okay. You know, they won't. Maybe they just need to communicate that to these people. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> also also I read that even if it was you know even if they do feel reluctant to hand it over to the BBC, uh, B- the BFI often acts as like a mediator between. The mm. collector and the BBC to anonymously an handed hand it over to the BBC. Like the BFI is very good for doing that. So um, so yeah, a lot of people are calling bullshit on this story, so I, I know nothing about okay. this, but take it with a grain of salt, it is the Guardian, you know. Um uh, The Guardian's more more reputable
0: than, than most other news sources. As far as British papers go. Yeah. You know, but, you know, <laughs> you know, there's <laughs> papers don't go very far, um, but, <laughs> but yeah,
1: do do you take it with a grain of salt, but it's interesting. Okay. If true, because it'd be great to have more stories or episodes found, you know,
0: it would be cool. Um, Speaking of taking things with a grain of salt, this is something you absolutely <laughs> should not take with a grain of salt. You should believe it 100% and be really mad when it doesn't happen. Uh, this is from the Mirror uh, exclusive Paul McGann set to make a comeback as the 8th Doctor in new Doctor Who spin-off series. Uh, Paul McGann is set to make a comeback as the 8th Doctor in the new Doctor Who Sorry, hang on. Okay, cool. Uh, it, this Mirror article, right? Uh, at the start at the yeah. start, it says Paul McGann is set to make a comeback as the 8th Doctor in a Doctor Who spin-off series. Then there's war footage, and then the article <laughs> continues. I'm glad I have to watch this <laughs> war footage before I can continue reading this article on Doctor oh, Who what on, a cool on, website on my um, side
1: the video won't even load so i'm happy enough you know? oh yeah yeah it's it's yeah it,
0: <laughs> goddamn. uh the 63 year old actor had the keys to the tardis for the 1996 television film and co-producer between bbc world wide and universal studios co-production sorry uh which was an attempt to revive the sci-fi show after it was cancelled in 1989 his incarnation of the time lord built up a loyal fan base since uh due to the audio adventures he has voiced he has had just two TV appearances in the 50th anniversary special and a cameo in Jodie Whittaker's final outing in The Power of the Doctor. The show is about to enter a new era with Russell T Davis uh, at the helm and Disney co producing with the BBC, and spin offs are planned to increase the Hooniverse. Uh, the spin offs will work in the same way Disney has created a series for Star Wars and Marvel. Uh, Russell likes the idea of bringing back McCann uh, with McGann with his own set of episodes in The TARDIS. Disney are on board as they want more original content and want to fully exploit the franchise as they know how big it could become other spin-offs include unit uh and uh i think is it is that just okay just also unit uh doctor (laughs) who returns later this month blah it's so it's a really bare bones article um and it doesn't provide any sources or links it's just kind of like a trust me bro sort of article a source (laughs) said
1: just a source yeah. not a source closely linked with the bbc or someone Disney. we know
0: said that paul mcgann's yeah. maybe they were listening to our podcast and we say <laughs> paul mcgann's coming back every week so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um
1: take it with uh, the biggest grain of salt um i would, so want it to be true i so you know, want it to be true man oh I'd, my god i don't want to be a downer but if you want an Eighth doctor spin-off series on tv you might not have much time left. I know Paul McGann looks fit, but he is in his mid 60s. He's in his 60s.
0: Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> uh, but. You could easily do a, um, you could do a mini series with Paul yeah. McGann back for eight episodes only as the Doctor in the Doctor Who Eighth Doctor Adventures or whatever the hell they'd call it, probably that honestly. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> you know, I would, I, he can handle eight episodes. He yeah, is in of course. good yeah, fit is, shape. You know, we we saw shape. him in person this year. Yeah. He does not look <laughs> or act like he's in his. He looks twenty years younger <laughs> than he is. Um, it's incredible. Yeah, it's
1: incredible he's like almost a decade older than William Hartnell was at the beginning of the run. <laughs> you know? yeah,
0: that's insane. That's insane. Um, But yeah, no, he'd be perfect. Yeah. I, I would I would die. I would die just one series, even mm-hmm. just one. Just I, one, one eight episodes. That's <laughs> much. I'll take four. I'll take four. <laughs> one story spread across four episodes. I, um, I'd be so yeah. on
1: board to this, but it's also a thing of people pointing out two two shows with two different doctors at the same time is a bit counterintuitive maybe i don't know i don't know if a sp- they won't care i would love it but you know a lot of people are like yeah a spin-off with another doctor wouldn't work but i i think it would work i think it's fine i, I think it, it would
0: work and i think it's a special case because yeah. paul McGann is the only doctor that never got a series mm-hmm. you know like he every other doctor has episodes where you can go back and watch and then you see them look at paul mcgann and you've only got the movie paul... you know and it's like there's so <sighs> much to explore with his doctor that the show can do
1: and also paul mcgann only has half of his own movie you know yeah <laughs> like, like he, yeah, he doesn't yeah, show up like until like Sy- half an hour
0: into the movie <laughs> yeah sylvester McCoy is in that movie for ages uh, <laughs> uh so yeah it, i would i he is like you couldn't go back and be like oh we're gonna do a spin-off show with the seventh doctor or we're gonna mm-hmm. go to a spin-off show with colin baker's doctor one because they're kind of too old to go to to play the role of their oh, doctors still know, uh, in f- a series <laughs> um, you
1: save up but you know the tales of the tardis the end of the seventh doctor episode heavily hints towards the fact about maybe the seventh doctor will show up someday, <laughs> which I was I was so happy at the end of the Seventh Doctor Tales of Tardis episode. I was I was amazed. I was so excited. I want to see more now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> um but I can see Paul
0: McGann coming back. Yes. And I want it to be true. I'm gonna will it as hard as I can to be true. Um, Russell, get in contact with me. I'll I'll write it for you. Okay, I'll do it. Just 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 let it happen. Okay. Uh. Oh, uh, speaking of
1: uh, speaking of who would write it better, I think John Dorney, who writes a lot of the Doctor Audio dramas mm. with Big Finish. Sure, he can perfect. write it with me. He can <laughs> he can, he can write it with me, it's fine. You know, um, I, I listened to the two <laughs> box sets that came out last year, and his episodes really stood out. They are amazing. He is such a good writer. I need to listen to the latest box set, but who has the time? <laughs> there's, so, there's so little time.
0: Speaking of who has the time, let's take a look at what is coming up for this next period with Doctor Who releases. There is a crap ton of stuff coming, <laughs> so... On November 18th, Radio, Surviving Doctor Who, an A to Z, BBC Radio 4 Extra Episode 1. That's a really long fucking title. Uh, comedian Toby Hadoke, or Hadoke, uh presents a wry insight into the ups and downs of being one of the universe's most misunderstood species, the Doctor Who fan. Episode two will be broadcast the next day. So is this just a show interviewing <laughs> Doctor Who fans being like, what was it like getting bullied at school? I um, guess so. be
1: two 15-minute <laughs> episodes just making fun of watch Doctor that Who fans. Or listen to,
0: yeah, I'm not going to listen to that. Uh, on November 18th as well, we have got Doctor Who at 60, the classic year's documentary on BBC Radio 2 at 1 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, Jesus. Joe is joined by fan stars and writers of Doctor Who as she takes a trip through the universe to discover the amazing stories behind the rise and fall of a British institution. A documentary on the modern year years airs straight after. Uh, presumably 2 a.m can't wait to listen to that the next day why are you airing it so early in the morning what is that about
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) because because this uh, this radio documentary has been shifted around the timeline because it was originally at the start of november but even then it was always at 1 a.m and i don't understand why (laughs) like what's going on
0: (laughs) yeah that's dumb Um, On November 19th, Doctor Who, The Wilderness Years, BBC Radio 4 Extra, The Wilderness Years will dive into the show's cancellation, the fan campaigns to bring it back, Doctor in Distress, I'd imagine, uh, the advent of new novels, animations, computer games, and more, and finally, its revival by Russell T. Davis. Uh, That could be an interesting Mm. listen. I don't know like for us specifically i don't know how much new information we'd get from that because we've covered this era so extensively um on the years of the podcast Um, because
1: i did a deep dive on the history before uh dimensions in time and i did a deep dive before the history of the tv movie and you say doctor in distress but doctor in distress was 1986 it was in between uh, seasons 22 and 23, as, uh, you know, the time period. We just I am discussed sure I'm sure seasons. it will still get a message. <laughs> um, I'm sure it will still get
0: mentioned. I'm sure it will still get mentioned. Yeah. On November 23rd, we have got Liberation of the Daleks, which is a comic book. Picking up from where the previous Doctor Who TV series left off, Liberation of the Daleks is the 14th Doctor's first official adventure. A new regeneration, but a familiar face. This exclusive comic strip collection sees the return of the Doctor's deadliest enemy, the Daleks. Um taken from the pages of doctor who magazine this 14 part tale bridges the gap between recent episodes tying directly into the new tv series continuity and guess what bet it doesn't fucking matter (laughs) i
1: I haven't read a single issue of a story sorry i burped um i haven't read a single issue of what the fuck this is i've glanced at images and nothing interests me um i don't understand 13 pounds isn't bad
0: 13 pound is 13 pound to get it. it's not bad i i might pick it up for 13 quid and give it a like it'll take like probably half an hour yeah, to read it. To be it. fair in um, doctor
1: Who magazine the comic strips are always like five or six pages so yeah it's like short it's not 80 gonna be long. odd pages
0: <laughs> yeah I, i'd give it a read uh i might i might pick it up and be like wow this was a waste of time but i'm <laughs> i'm slightly curious on november oh, 23rd yeah mind game Requiem (laughs) um what the fuck is this um In Mind Game Requiem, three alien beings, a Sontaran officer, a draconian nobleman, and a human mercenary find themselves transported to a remote asteroid by a mysterious alien who wants to test their worthiness for his race's master plan. Now, in one complete set, you can experience the complete Mind Game story in this five-part epic, starring Sophie Aldridge. What is this? <laughs> what is this?
1: Um. So this is like a recut of one of the many wilderness era direct-to-video movies where they got the basically the rights to Santarans. Um. We're gonna make a movie about Santarens. This is Mind Game. It was released in. Uh, there was two films in this series called Mind Game in 1998 Mind Game Trilogy in 1999 and now it's been recut into five separate episodes with new special effects Uh, it stars Sophie Aldred who played Ace in the series and now she plays uh, a human a human character in this story apparently (laughs) Uh, (laughs) one of the stories is written by Terry Sticks who did work on heavily with the John Pertwee era and he we talked about him before on the Free doctors podcast we did he he was heavily involved with the show basically throughout the entire classic who run so i've never seen it it's from real-time pictures um i've never seen it it's something we when, should pick up someday <laughs> is it coming out on dvd or yes, blu-ray like this is DVD. just this is just
0: a letterbox link where where do i where do i order this where do i how do i order this where's the link to order this <laughs> i need to order it now
1: uh, it's probably on the real times pictures website
0: i don't believe that they have a website (laughs) um on november 23rd there is also a book coming out uh rose the illustrated edition uh, we covered this when they announced it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the novelization of the episode Rose by Russell T. Davis. And I'm sure it will be fine. I can't wait to not really read this. <laughs> um, but it's it's cool that it exists, I guess. Yeah. And the, the cover art is nice. like. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's a lot of happening on November 23rd. I wonder why. Is this a special day of some kind? Hmm.
0: Nope. Just the same day as any other. Uh, the real special thing happening on November 23rd, of course, is Bargain Hunt. Um, which is included here for some reason. Bargain Hunt set for Doctor Who special. Uh, the fan favorite produced by BBC Studios sees two teams of amateur collectors face off against each other to bag the best bargains, uh, with these specials featuring some extra special hunters. Eric Knowles grabs his scarf and sonic screwdriver to present a special episode marking the 60th anniversary of Britain's best-loved action-adventure show, Doctor Who. Uh, after encountering a Dalek and escaping to a TARDIS, he's transported <laughs> to a Carmathian a Antiques Fair, where he meets two teams of diehard fans, each hoping to exterminate the competitors. Their companions for the day are experts Richard Madley and Kate Bliss, both dressed as two well-known doctors, but which team will win the cosmic battle to make the biggest profit at auction? Um, this sounds... Like, it's going to be really bad, and I can't wait to watch it. It's yeah. going to be cool to watch it just to see all the knack. To see all that Doctor Who knack that's everywhere, that's going to be great. But it's, I've never watched Bargain Hunt in my life.
1: Like, Yeah, I'm kind of interested to watch it in terms of, like, all the collectibles they do and all the props and costumes. Yeah. But you know it's going to be front-loaded with a lot of cringy skits, you know. Oh, there's going to be some bad humor. Oh yeah, there's going to be some bad humor. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait.
0: It's going to be really un- like like oh, oh that was rough. But look at the cool look at cool Davros. At least that's fun. Um, <laughs> on November twenty fourth on the radio at nine p.m. Doctor Who: sixty years of friends and foes on Radio Four. Sue Perkins explores how the program has reflected our social history across the decades, both on and off screen, from advances in technology to politics, violence, gender, and sexuality. Uh, sounds woke. Uh, I can't wait. I can't, uh, there's a lot of stuff happening on the radio. Yes. When the fuck was the last time you listened to the radio? Um, um just a few weeks ago <laughs> when the concert was on. Besides the concert. you before <laughs> that? Um yeah
2: Honestly,
0: it's strange <laughs> yeah it's it's i guess it's cool i wish it was on tv that's yeah. the thing is i wish i wish it was on tv because it'll get more eyes on it like nobody is really going to tune into the radio to listen to this except for the diehard fans which i guess is who it's for yeah um which I, is cool. I
1: i um, i will you know i've got the bbc sounds up downloaded i will yeah, probably same. add them to a queue um, and then just forget never listen right to well. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I will probably do the exact same. Uh, number nine. Soundtracks on November 24th. Time and the Rani slash Revenge of the Cybermen. Oh. Um, this is a link that doesn't work. <laughs> it's and cool. And a link um, that doesn't work. So these are two links that don't work. So you'll just have to take me at face value when I say um, that title and just believe what I say. Next up, November
2: 25th <laughs> yeah, at we, we,
0: we, pm These are beautiful
1: <laughs> covers. I am interested because I'll send you the cover to Time and the Rani which i just found it's, it's a beautiful cover i think it's it's very colorful and um i'm interested <laughs> i would i'd would buy are you this interested? with this cover you know it's a, it's a beautiful cover
0: it looks like a big <laughs> finish cover it looks like a big finish cover but I, no. I i do like i like the the very 80s yeah um, <laughs> like diamond colors everywhere those are fun it's very colorful but yeah
1: also if you're yeah. a fan of those two stories and their soundtracks go get it I don't care, but you know, go get it. <laughs> yeah, the one person um, goes get it. <laughs> November twenty fifth. That's
0: a special date for some reason. Eight thirty p.m. <laughs> Doctor Who: sixty years, secrets and scandals. On Channel 5, this is what everyone really cares about on uh, (laughs) November 25th. Channel 5 explored Doctor Who's secret and scandals in a new documentary. Uh, TV Zone can reveal details about Doctor Who, 60 years of secrets and scandals. A new documentary which will air in November as the BBC celebrates the show's 60th anniversary. It's like a hit piece. It feels like they're trying to do a hit piece (laughs) on the show. It's weird. That's that's Uh, what the description
1: sounds like, but apparently it will be... It'll be a soft, you know, it'll be a soft kind of thing. Stories we've heard before, but... (laughs) Mm. Uh, uh This show
0: reveals behind-the-scenes stories of how the show was created and has stayed so popular for so long. Features exclusive interviews with uh, cast members, including Sophie Aldred, Nicola Bryant, Fraser Hines, alongside interviews with crew, including the show's first director, Warris Hussein. I've, I've become more interested <laughs> in them actually in actually yeah, and actually watching this with, for those interviews. Now that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show exposes the stunts that went dangerously wrong and the secrets of how the crew brought the on-screen monsters to life. And there are revelations about how some monsters and storylines created for the series proved to be so scary, the BBC were forced to re-edit episodes. That sounds like hyperbole. Uh, There were also secrets about the scandalous treatment and behavior of the show's main stars, and revelations about the surprising link between a teenage Peter Capaldi and the series, long before he stepped into the main role. Oh, that thing where he sent a fan letter saying, Can I start a fan club about Doctor Who? Yeah, no one's ever heard that. (laughs) before (laughs) um the show reveals the surprisingly sexy fan spin-offs produced when the show was off air and how doctor who broke its own rules about sexual chemistry between the doctor and the assistants as the series went on yeah the doctor never kissed the companions until the new who came and then the doctor does nothing but kiss the companions this is not that we know that (laughs) Uh, there are also revelations about the missing episodes of the show and the extraordinary lengths that fans have gone in order to track down stories missing from the archive, and the program also exposes the huge fan backlash after the BBC attempted to cancel the show, and how the reboot was nearly derailed. Doctor Who's 60 Years Secrets and Scandals airs Saturday 25th at 8.30pm on Channel 5. That sounds it sounds like it's going to be mixed i feel like the interviews will be interesting but they're not going to really say any stories and whenever they try to it also sounds like they're trying to frame things to like be like breaking news when they've been stories we've known about for 10 plus years you know
1: also i'm sorry if you hear fireworks in the background people are saying all fireworks i don't understand why but <laughs> interesting
0: it's you said fireworks November. you said you said fireworks and my lights on my uh, <laughs> <for> my <laughs> webcam died um as i intended <laughs> Um, one of the things in
1: description, <laughs> uh, I'll go to it, uh, there's also secrets about the scandalous treatment and behavior of the show's main stars. A lot of people think yeah. this is related to John Barman. It's probably not, because we aren't going to talk about it. You know, there's going to be stories like the time uh, Fraser Hines um, tied the, the knickers of... Victoria's. I don't know if they'll
0: do. <laughs> I don't know if they'll do Fraser Hines because they have an interview with him on the on the documentary. Yeah, but Fraser um, Hines but is very happy. Maybe... to
1: talk Maybe <laughs> the time he pranked <laughs> his co-star by tying the knickers onto a pole and raising the flag up. I don't maybe, know. Maybe.
0: <laughs> maybe they'll talk about uh, um, Patrick Troughton's many wives. Probably. You know, maybe that's what. Maybe it'll be stuff like that where it's like uh, you yeah, actually get shit. You know, you know, it,
1: it's stories where. I'll be very familiar with 90% of the stories, and the other 10% will be stuff I've heard before and just forgot about, you know? It's going to be a yeah. kind of story. It's going to be one of those things where I know everything going in, but it's going to be... Um, I'll, I'll probably watch it. We'll probably be recording the podcast. But we're a very special podcast on this night when it airs, so I probably won't watch it live. Um yeah i wonder what I, I we could be recording either what could we be recording uh, on this day <laughs> nothing
0: um <laughs> next up we have got probably the most important release happening in november which is on november 28th doomsday <laughs> a doctor in the house this is a doomsday comic remember mm-hmm. doomsday part yeah. of the 60th anniversary it's really important and it ties into the 60th anniversary like everything is super canon and really important and no one cares about it um yeah, this yeah. is another this is a comic continuing yeah, the Doomsday is, story this is um, the trade
1: paperback of the comics we got a few months ago and it's oh okay who the fuck (laughs) cares
0: has i haven't seen a single person talk about doomsday Uh, has has anyone talked about it what's the reaction is it okay is it good is it bad i haven't seen anything Uh, about it the biggest
1: Um, reaction i saw about it was people calling it woke because the actress who is playing doom is very pro-trans and um, we just call it a big woke series with a ugly lady. <laughs> That's all we have to say about it. That's pretty much all I've read about it. So, uh, the internet is fun for well, women. I think. <laughs>
0: I I think the internet is just fun in general. Well, you know the the CD collection, uh, on Amazon has got ten whole reviews. Oh, well, it's nice. got five out of five. Everyone everyone reviewing it gave it five stars. So, mm. you know those I, ten I, people I, really loved it. I smell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the. So what is this link here? You've not given a date for this one. Oh, yeah, 11th of December. I just can't read. Sorry. Uh, Doctor Who, 11th of December, 60th anniversary. <laughs> uh, the Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials will be on DVD, Steelbook, and Blu ray um, on the 11th of December. That's a really quick turnaround for physical yeah, so media. It's, so it's, it's going to be
1: two days after the final episode airs. So, my theory is is they ever going to be moved early, or is it's going to be moved to a later date, or is going to be run into a problem where people receive their DVDs early, and we have to avoid spoilers mm. on the day. Because the same thing happened with the Series 7B DVD release back in 2013. It, it was released two days after uh, the Series 7 final, and the BBC were like, okay, please don't spoil the ending to this episode where John Hurt is revealed. Please don't spoil it. If you don't spoil <laughs> it, we will give you a 50th anniversary teaser early, so please don't spoil it. <laughs> and nobody spoiled it, apparently. Oh, oh, lovely. <laughs> um, but it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that's cool i don't own any doctor who dvds so i should probably start getting some I well i mean like i own K9. i own the nine <laughs> spin-off show um, yes yeah, brilliant and i own i own the, i own the, the um, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah basically but i don't own any of the tv show episodes so i should probably start collecting those at some point i don't like watching tv shows on dvd though i find it annoying i much prefer watching movies on on mm-hmm. dvd i understand t- t- yeah um and also on December or, yeah, on December 11th we have a book oh, coming may I, out. May
1: I Advent- make a note here? It's a day before my birthday, so hint hint. Hint hint. <laughs> uh no uh
0: adventures Ouch. in type and space a celebration of classic doctor who title sequences uh, <laughs> adventures in type and space is a charity bookazine exploring the title sequences of classic doctor who from 1963 to 1989 released to mark 50 years of the beloved diamond logo doesn't it mean 60 years of the diamond logo why have they written 50 was from is this a are they silly?
1: Yes.
0: Are they they're, silly? They're, they're silly. Yeah. they There's being, not are been are 50 silly. years. This book, <laughs> this book's coming out in 2013. Amazing. Um, was, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, this is a, yeah, what a interesting mistake to make. Um, I spe- like, especially cause it's the diamonds. You know, yeah. Like diamond is for yeah. 60th, whatever. Um, but <laughs> yeah, this is a very specific book um, and I'm glad it exists. This book has got a very, very niche audience and it's cool that it's there. Um, yeah, it it's also got a foreword by Mark Gattis. So, yeah, you know, that's cool.
1: And Proceeds will benefit UNICEF. So, it's going for a good cause oh, nice. at least. It's, it's the nerdiest book you could ever make about Doctor Who. not saying a <laughs> yeah. lot. <laughs>
0: yeah, it really is. Um... <laughs> On the 14th of December, Children of the Circus musical audio play based on Doctor Who's Greatest Show in the Galaxy. Um, based on Doctor Who's The Greatest Show in the Galaxy by Stephen Wyatt, Children of the Circus is a brand new original musical play from AUK Studios written by Kenton Hall with two songs by Christopher Guard and based on an idea by Barnaby Eaton Jones. Um, what is this? Oh, it's got Sophie Aldred in it as well. She's in everything right now. Um, oh, and Sylvester McCoy is the high poet. What is this? What um, is this? So, Scott? what have you linked me to?
1: Yeah, uh, this is one of those things where because the BBC, in classic terms, basically gave the character, the original characters, to the cre- creators, they could do whatever they want with these characters. And so now this is just a story based off of Doctor Who's Greatest Show in the Galaxy, which is the season 24 episode, I believe. Or 25 episode, I can't remember. 25 episodes, season 25. And this is a musical! <laughs> based on that episode. It's a musical sequel to that episode. <laughs> Interesting. What
0: a <laughs> weird thing to exist. What a weird um, thing.
1: Who listens to <laughs> Children of the Circus when? <laughs>
0: I haven't seen the original story. I need to watch the original story. So. <laughs> Too, yeah, bad. But, Too uh, bad. This is
1: celebrating the 35th anniversary of the greatest show in the galaxy. <laughs>
0: and, uh, Excellent. That's the real Doctor Who anniversary th- this year. That's the real man. one. That's the real anniversary. Uh, so yeah, Mr. Uh, uh,
1: regards wrote the music for this. He originally played Bellboy character in fucking the episode. So... <laughs> I guess he wrote it and stars cool. in it and this is just him really having fun i guess
0: <laughs> i'm sure it'll be silly i'm sure it'll be a fun silly time um you know i do, <laughs> more power to them i want more weird doctor who things again uh but for the last section of this news episode let's turn our eye towards big finish as we look at the upcoming releases for the month of December. Uh, And first up, we have got 13x Doctor Who Short Trips the Hoxteth Time Capsule. Uh, George White experienced exciting, sometimes dangerous escapades throughout his professional and personal life. Now he loves to arrange public talks to share memories and pictures from his adventures around the world. At an event in Hoxteth, he meets a colorful stranger for for the very first time. But if George can't recall ever meeting this man before, how can it be that the sixth doctor clearly appears in so many of the photographs that George took more than a decade ago? Uh, cool sixth doctor story, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've yeah. Never this heard of is it. this um, is
1: one of our contests they do every year where somebody submits a script or a short story, and this is for the winner, I guess. Sounds cool. <laughs> oh. I, I keep yeah, on meaning to enter one of these things, but I keep on getting too busy and not really having the time to think about a story I want to write so but every year i'm like i'll enter that and i completely forget about it (laughs) Mm. yeah
0: i've i've never entered it or thought about it either i i don't know i'm nervous to write a doctor who thing there's so much pressure because i love it so much i'm like what if i do it bad
1: (laughs) um uh, you yeah. can't do it as bad as most of Doctor Who writers
0: <laughs> That's true that's true. It's kind of kind of a like it's hard to mess up because there's it's such a broad thing isn't it you know mm-hmm. you can really do you can do it in any genre and, and any style and yeah maybe yeah. there'll be a doctor who I also I don't know how to write an audio drama though. I don't know what I need to read what a script that looks I'm like I'm pretty Does it sure just look like a film script i'm I'm pretty Does it sure just look like a regular screenplay
1: yeah I'm pretty sure these are just like short stories so it's like an audio book rather than an audio drama
0: oh okay so you just write in prose rather than in yeah like um like formatted it in any certain way mm-hmm. interesting
1: yeah uh you want to take the next one yeah sure uh, this is doctor who the seventh doctor adventures the last day one and you can tell we're, we're talking about this really early because there's no cover for this one yet it's just sylvester mccoy looking off in the distance looking very concerned yes looking very serious yeah <laughs> uh so yeah this uh there is always injustice to fight there's always a new danger for the universe but what if the doctor found a way to put things right once and for all would it really be so terrible to take a stand? Would the end justify the means? And would his friends agree? Uh, the seventh doctor's last day is coming. So, this is kind of what they did with the sixth doctor. They gave him a big regeneration special because he never had one on screen. And they gave him a big box set where he got his own regeneration episode. And this is kind of the mm. same thing because Sylvester McCoy never really got a final episode. He had to. He was like basically just. He, he stood out at he the TARDIS off into and the got sunset. shot. <laughs> he walk, yeah, he, he walked off into the sunset in the TV
0: show, then the movie happens, he visits America and gets shot immediately. Yeah.
1: Um, so this is, like, the, the proper cool. final story for the Seventh Doctor. Even before, I guess it's not technically the last day, because... You know, the last day was him getting shot in America, but oh well.
0: (laughs) And dying in a hospital bed. What's really (laughs) interesting on the backstage part is the photographs have they were taken on a green screen, but nobody put a background in, so they just have the default (laughs) green screen. Um, So if you want to make some fun memes, go on (laughs) download (laughs) these pictures because you can alter that background to be whatever you want because they have not done it. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, and basically
1: the whole cast is almost every companion of the 7th Doctor is in this including Ace, Mel, Bernice and other companions I guess so it's like every even the Big Finish ones are included in this so it's interesting and mm. also Jeffrey Beavers is the master so that's, that's interesting Let's get on. that the is doctor. interesting I, don't, I do hope uh, this doesn't mean it's, le- it's the actual end of The Seventh Doctor, because I'd be sad. <laughs> Even if I don't listen to these audio dramas, I'd be sad.
0: <laughs> Sylvester McCoy is an old dude. He's True. an old man. I would, you know, let him, let, let him sleep. Um, <laughs> next up, we have got Doctor Who, The Eighth Doctor Adventures in the Bleak Midwinter. Uh, midwinter is a magical time, a season of hope and renewal, a time to spend with friends. But the season also brings cold and darkness, and the TARDIS travellers are about to experience three very different winter's tales. This is three stories, each one part long. 24 Doors in December by John Dorney, The Empty Man by Tim Foley, and Winter of the Demon by Roy Gill. Uh, And there's Santa Claus on this but he's not played by Nick Frost so what's going on? What's going on with this? There's also like there's like a front door to an apartment 107 but it looks like the TARDIS. That's kind of cute. It's also awkwardly photoshopped like it's just kind of hanging there in the background. This isn't the best looking cover they've done. Um, It's It's a mess kind of. But yeah. um, uh, it's pretty standard when it comes yeah. <laughs> to big finished covers, really.
1: I I need to listen to the last Eighth Doctor box set, but I'm definitely going to listen to this. I'll, I'll try to listen to it before Christmas or around Christmas because, you know, yeah. we're not going to get a Christmas special for a long time. You know, it's, it's been a long time since we've had one, and we'll never get one again, especially not this year. No way, no how. You know,
0: so never heard of it. <laughs> Christmas what? A Christmas what? That doesn't make sense. <laughs>
1: um. And our next box set is going forward in time to be 11th Doctor. Not played by Matt Smith, but played by Jacob Dudman here. Um, Everywhere and Anywhere All at Once is the title to this one. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just Everywhere and Anywhere. I I do wonder if that's a reference, but it's got to be a reference. (laughs) What's interesting, before you read
0: the description, about this cover is that doesn't look like Matt Smith. That that is a weird deep fake Matt Smith <laughs> in that cover. That doesn't look like Matt Smith at all. That's insane. It, like, <laughs> yeah,
1: it looks a bit off. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's something strange, strange about that. I don't know what it is. He's also holding weird handles. But Yes, not... yeah, that look, it must be. But it must be handles. Wasn't surely.
1: handles rusty? But not, Maybe this not is Habidalic handles before rustle, then. But... Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's this weird. is
0: before then. Maybe this is young
1: handles in his youth. <laughs>
0: Um, so, oh, there is
1: more Christmas stuff, apparently. Uh, traveling with TARDIS is filled with It's almost like it's December. <laughs> delights. <laughs> uh, you can visit every wonder in the universe, meet the founders of a civilization in the morning, and then their descendants in the afternoon. You get to witness the best of everything history has to offer. However, when you can go anywhere and anywhere, you also see the dark side of the universe, the cruelty and the hatred and the violence. The worst the universe has to of- offer must be fought. And that's what the Doctor and Valerie do. They hold back the darkness, whatever the cost. Uh, There's three episodes in this, sorry. Uh, We've got uh, Spirit of the Season, which is a Christmas story, uh, where the Doctor and Valerie have finally found another Clara, and it's a shame she wants to kill them both. So this is...
0: Oh, this is
1: after the snowman, I guess?
0: I guess. When Clara's still, like, <laughs> in the Doctor's timeline. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, the second story is called All's Fair by Max Kashkevsky. And we've also got Sins of the Flesh by Alfie Shaw. And I guess it's going to be a Cybermon story, which... I hear this series is good, but again, there's too much Big Finish. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah so there, much is, big
0: there is too much big finish and like, I have less of uh less of an interest in listening to someone do an impersonation mm-hmm. of Matt Smith's doctor rather than just have Matt Smith's doctor yeah but, I I,
1: I have that same issue with this I I need to get over it because I hear it's really good but yeah it's one of those things where you're listening to the impression the entire time and you're thinking that's that almost sounds like the, the That almost sounds like Matt Smith, but not quite. And you're just critiquing the performance as it goes on. like You're just hyper aware, (laughs) but it's not Matt Smith.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Um, Next up, we have got Torchwood Oracle. Uh, In the 43rd century, in the height of the Earth Empire, a ship from 1,000 years in the future has crashed on a lava world and is calling for help. How dangerous is the knowledge it offers? The Torchwood archive sends Danny Bartok because only an an ethicist can save humanity from the future. This is the third of yeah. that Torchwood people from the guys that go to hell with the devil episode that said they were in Torchwood, and this is the the pun sandwich where the one in the middle <laughs> they decided to give a pun title, but not to this one yeah. or the one at the start, um, because the last one was called Ood Done It, Ood Done It um and and this could have been called Uracle or udicle i don't know you could fit ud in there somewhere yeah and um, the first
1: one was called odyssey udyssey come on it's, it's easy udyssey yeah it's <laughs> the right easiest there. One. Um,
0: <laughs> but i i guess this is fun it's such a it's the most big finish big finish has ever really been in regards to um you know scraping the barrel for mm-hmm. stories but hey oh power to
1: them there's, there's <laughs> been huge rumors that apparently Big Finish are, again, even more restricted with what they can do from now on by Russell Davis. Oh, I'm not really? sure how true it is. I had, it, it I didn't look too deeply into it, but I, I'd kind of be fine with this because there, there's so many stories that sound interesting on paper. Oh, more Seventh Doctor stories? Yes, gimme, gimme, gimme. But <laughs> Big Finish, you know, just... You know, just just between the eighth Doctor story, the big eighth Doctor box set, and the eleventh Doctor box set, that's six episodes between those two box sets. And there's also the seventh Doctor box set, and we'll probably have three episodes as well. And you know, that's yeah. 10, Although I mean, like Torch we're
0: kind mood. of <laughs> we're kind of seeing possibly maybe what Russell T. Davis's plans for Big Finish could be, like announced uh, like today, wasn't it that? Big Finish is on BBC mm. uh, Sounds so you can listen to five Big Finish productions on BBC Sounds right yeah, now we'll um, and I feel <coughs> like like let Big Finish produce the endless tsunami of content that they still do But curate and hand select specific stories from those and stick those on BBC Sounds is like, hey, this is a this is like a a high quality episode we recommend to people rather than having to filter through yourself and spend so much money and time and resources into getting into a story that ends up being not good or ends up being so convoluted or needs you to listen to 50 previous stories beforehand, especially curate it. Be like, here you go. This is some stuff. Um, I'm okay with that you know
1: yeah but it's one of those things where I keep on seeing people really into big finish and listening to every release and I'm like how do you have how three hours <laughs> how do you do this I bet they to listen to every... it I bet
0: they listen to it at like two times speed people listen yeah. to stuff sped up i can't do it i physically can't it makes me like i feel like i'm stop enjoying something if i if everyone is talking like this the whole time i don't find it really compelling to listen to you know like
1: <laughs> because this is five big box sets or releases in the span of like four weeks like <laughs> that's too much yeah and i want to listen to most of these but i'm at the point where i either have to catch up or just just jumping on is hard because there's so much other stuff. There's so much other stuff not Doctor Who related, and I just I want to listen to them. I want to listen to the War Master, but whereas Eleven Vox says to that? I want to listen to River Songer so, so much. <laughs> every time every month yeah. we do the same complaints of it, but <laughs> we do, yeah. We'll be doing this. To uh, the you end want of time. to take this
0: this. We will, we will be. Do you want to do the last Big Finish release?
1: Yes, um, this is uh, Doctor Who, the War Doctor Begins Enemy Mine. This is the sixth box set in the War Doctor Begins series, not including the War Doctor series, which also had four box sets, so this is the <laughs> tenth War Doctor <laughs> box set. Um, yeah, this one's interesting. There's a certain um, other doctor in on the cover. Um, mm-hmm. It's Mr. Paul McGann from Power of a doctor, which is such an interesting choice to pull from. <laughs>
2: that is him straight up from that Power is, of the Doctor. That
1: is that is that is a
0: cap. They must have been so happy when he came back for Power of the Doctor. <laughs> They're like, oh my god, we can get some new Paul McGann images um but like but yeah just just, just,
1: ha- just take more photos in the car park you know <laughs> 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 um so yeah the description reads doctor is no more a warrior has joined time war between badallax and gallifrey but how far will he go what lines will he cross and how much of himself will he sacrifice we've got three stories in on this one the first one is interesting the hybrids choice it's a hybrid. The hybrid. Clara. The hybrid. <laughs> I'm the hybr- Who's the hybrid? You're the hybrid. <laughs> uh, the second one's called Fear Nothing by Mark Wright. And the third one's called Exit Strategy by Mark Fitton.
0: Um... Matt
1: Fitton, not Mark, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and the first one is written, I didn't mention his name, but it's Ajaz Awad Ibrahim. Is that a yeah I don't know if I was a decent pre- pronunciation I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm terrible. Yeah at it probably
0: isn't but yeah.
2: It's um, cool. So um War Doctor stuff is cool.
0: I like th- I like the idea of the doing the War Doctor stories with like a young John Hurt mm, War yeah. Doctor. I think it makes it makes it way more tragic as well that Paul McGann regenerated into a young man and when we see the War Doctor he is so old you know and it's like you have been as this doctor for so goddamn long fighting in this war mm-hmm. and it's such a fascinating character to me and i i I am it's a box set like a series that i would be tempted to get into if the, again there wasn't so much and there was more hours in the day um because just from a character standpoint i think it's so goddamn interesting and so so tragic um
1: yeah i um... love it Yeah, I'm just interested in how the Eighth Doctor fits into this. It feels like another grab bag of, let's add this random character to this story. Hmm. Will he fit in? I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. There is something interesting that you you could do. It could be like a Christmas Carol kind of story where a a previous Doctor meets the War Doctor and a future Doctor meets the War Doctor. it's, It's kind of like a Christmas Carol kind of situation there. (laughs) Because <laughs> um, the War Doctor is the most Scrooge-like.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be an interesting way to take a War Doctor story. Um, That's what I'm writing right, for right. next
1: year's Big Finish contest. I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you do that. I'm going to work on a
0: different idea. <laughs> um, But that does take us to the end of this month's news episode the last news episode for a wee wily Mm -hmm. um, as we ramp up to even more Doctor Who stuff coming up as next week I finally get to say it, next week we are going to be covering the first episode of the 60th anniversary with the 14th Doctor, isn't that insane that is happening next week (laughs) god damn god damn um just to
1: just to throw this out there we won't have an episode next friday but we will have an episode out as soon as we can after the first episode is out so probably with sunday yeah monday maybe Uh, there's no promises but it will be out as soon as possible which i'm so excited
0: (laughs) yeah i can't wait i can't wait um God damn it, that's it's the next episode is the sixtieth anniversary. We're finally here. We're finally here. Um, awesome stuff. Um and we'll be covering the 60th throughout the entire run that it is on uh, as we then end up leaving into December because the 60th is running right the way into December. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's why we're doing the news now. After that, we will be taking a brief look at twice. Ap- oh, I say a brief look. It'll probably be like 12 hours long, but <laughs> we're taking a brief diversion, I should say, away from New Who and looking at twice upon a time, the Peter Capaldi special. Um which i'm looking forward to revisiting i haven't seen it since it aired and it feels like a nice cap to both the capaldi series because you know we did capaldi's final very recently so it's a nice cap to that and also yep. a nice cap off because we did uh adventure in space and time and this of course features um david mm-hmm. bradley as the first doctor again so it's kind of a, just a nice a nice bow on everything you know
1: it's but yeah it's a nice perfect christmas, christmas to do. Bow. I'm, I'm looking forward to going back to it i ho- i hope I have a more positive reaction to this, but we'll see. Maybe yeah. maybe I'll be so excited by what we see from the 60th anniversary I'll be more positive about it. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: And then we will be looking at the new Christmas special um, just after Christmas Day, probably, um, because we're not recording on <laughs> Christmas Day. That's insane. Um, but <laughs> we will be looking at the new Christmas special after that. And then that's it. That's the end of the year. Crazy. We have got... Five episodes, crazy. five episodes left <laughs> of the podcast this year. There's oh, five gosh. episodes left of the podcast, and that is crazy to me. Um, and, you know, when we started almost...
1: the year, the whole plan was to, oh, yeah, let's do a big countdown to the 60th anniversary. Let's look up every doctor in chronological order. This will take ages. Mm-hmm. And it was over in a flash of an eye. You know, it was, it was. Yeah, it flew by. It just flew by. It flew by. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> like To think we started the year off with the mind, um, uh, Sorry, what was the app to call it? The, the Time Meddler, not the Mind roller. The Time Medler,
0: yeah. yeah, the Time, so long time ago. Meddler. <laughs> Does feel like a lifetime ago. Uh, so, yeah, cool. That's awesome. Uh, and it's been a very good year for the podcast. I'm sure we'll talk more about this come Christmas when we wrap up for the year. Um, but very exciting stuff. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast here on YouTube if you are watching us where it is available in video form at youtube.com slash at who watches who pod make sure to subscribe and like the video uh, you can also get this podcast in audio form anywhere you get podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts, especially if you're in France. God, they love us there. Um, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, there's an RSS feed where you can find us on your podcast app of choice. Just plug us in and you can get us in your ears every single week at on Fridays. Uh, we have a Facebook page at Who Watches Who where you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, we also have a Twitter account at Watches Doctor if you are for some reason using that yeah sorry x.com if you are for some reason using that uh, you can follow us on there in the meantime we will leave you for now and see you when we talk about the star beast god damn
1: (laughs) bye bye